tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hey, this is Chris Meadows for the Tellerid Podcast. This weekend, I was at the 2015 Gen Con convention here in Indianapolis, so I couldn't do the usual live podcast thing. However, I had my trusty Nexus 7 tablet with me, and I was able to interview quite a few people using the audio recorder on it. In retrospect, the audio quality could be a little better. I think I'll use a different device for recording next time. Still, they all had some interesting things to say. For starters, I was able to talk to Stephen Hood of Storium to discuss the current plans for the Storium Storytelling System, which is well on its way to launch. We've covered that on Tellerate a few times. Most recently, that story I posted a couple days ago about the live exhibition Storium Game Thursday night. Stephen talks a little bit about that, too. It's really entertaining. Apart from Stephen Hood, I talked to someone at pretty much every table in the Authors Avenue, the part of the Gen Con dealer's room where authors and webcomic artists set up tables to sell their books. I got enough interviews that I think I'm going to divide them into a couple of podcast episodes. I hope you enjoy them. I am here with uh, Stephen Hood of uh, Storium who has graciously agreed to chat with me a little bit for my podcast. Uh, hello, Stephen. How are you liking the con so far? I'm, I'm liking it very much. I'm having a great time. Uh, I was at the uh, Storium panel the other night. Uh, tell me about that. <laughs> oh, man. That was insanity. Uh, I mean, we expected it would be chaotic and crazy, uh, given the people we, we invited to be on the panel. That was uh, Chuck Wendig, Sam Sykes, Delilah Dawson, and Stephen Blackmore and also Brian McClellan. Uh, but they did a great job. I mean, they, we, without any planning or prep really, used Storium to tell uh, what I think was supposed to be urban fantasy. I'm not sure <laughs> it ended up actually being that. Uh, there were vampires at one point, but that ended it's, pretty quickly. It was very <laughs> peculiar. It was exactly the sort of thing I would have expected if you put several writers together in front of an audience. I know. I'm just thank God we marked it as 18 or older for the session because <laughs> it definitely went off the rails in a very dark way. It was cr- even crazier than I expected. Um, so I think they had a lot of fun like trying to embarrass me by forcing me to read out loud. Uh-huh, I got that sense. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I'm super grateful because uh, you know I think the audience clearly had a great time. But it, uh, I think it probably raised a lot of money it, for that uh, charity for what? world builders. Yeah, yeah, that's Patrick Rothfuss's uh, charity, which uh, I think most of the benefits go to Heifer International. Uh-huh. Um, and so yeah, it was it was a great success uh, in, in that way because we raised a lot of good money. Audience had a great time. Uh, I think the writers had a good time too. It would seem so. Uh, I'm I'm really pleased with it. So tell me about how Storium has been going uh, the last year or so since the Kickstarter completed. Right, so we launched the Gamma right around the beginning of the year, which was an update to the beta test we've been running since the Kickstarter. And that rolled out a bunch of features that people, the backers, had asked for. Um, And we made a lot of improvements to the system. It's a lot faster now, a lot uh, smoother, easier to play, like when other people are playing at the same time, the page updates... 
you can hand off your role as your narrator or player. So it's just a lot more flexible and a lot slicker now. And since then, we've been working on really two fronts. One is on getting all of the backer-funded content created for launch. That's the 60-plus worlds that we funded from this wide variety of novelists and game designers and uh, narrative designers. And uh, also art for those worlds. We're going to have like a cover image for each one and, and some, also some sample card images you can use. So we've been working that effort. We've also been continuing to work on Storium itself because we're trying to address you know, what seems to be a common pattern for, for some players, which is that um, you know, life gets in the way and, and it gets hard to keep the game going logistically. And so we have a bunch of ideas that we were exploring and building to try to make it easier for people to keep their games going uh, or to bring them to a satisfying ending, right? Because a game doesn't have to go on forever. Good stories have an ending, right? Uh-huh. So we, we've done some stuff recently there. We added three-act structure recently. Um, pulled straight from you know screenwriting technique, and so the game actually now like when you start up your game, you can choose whether you have three acts or not, and how many scenes are in those acts. Are you telling a short story or like an epic novel? And it gives you a progress bar and tips along the way to help <coughs> you keep your story on track and bring it to a conclusion. We also a couple weeks ago started testing what we call rotating narration, which is sort of inspired by games like Fiasco. Uh-huh. where scene by scene the narrator role automatically rotates around the table so everybody gets their turn to be narrator and what we're thinking is that that makes the game even more collaborative and less predictable uh-huh. but also um, you know being a narrator is is a bit of a, of a responsibility you know and uh-huh. as the game gets more complex and longer there's more continuity to worry about uh-huh. and you know plot threads and so by rotating it no one person really controls that arc anymore and so that responsibility, I think, sort of evaporates in, in a way, I'm hoping. And I think it'll make it freer and, and more fun. So. Yeah, I've, I've been in a game myself that's had uh, gone on for ages and had like three narrators so far. It's wow. a lot of a lot of fun. And it's good. Given that it's in a world I originated, it's kind of neat to see my world come alive in the hands of other people. That's fantastic. <clears throat> that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so when uh, is it looking like that the uh, Storium is going to be ready for public launch? We're trying to get it out, you know, like late summer, early fall. I mean, we're aiming for the next two or three months, hopefully. You know, I can't, I can't say it's an official date yet. It's one of those, like, it's ready when it's ready things. But, like, we really want to get it out as soon as possible. So we're getting, we're getting really close. Have you seen any really particularly interesting uses of Storium that people taking the engine and using it for things that you never expected? Well, we, we have. I mean, we've been, we've been hoping people would use it in an educational context, and they are. Some of that we have directed ourselves by doing some trials at schools. Uh, but we've seen people using it in the classroom, which is really interesting. So there have been cases where people have used it in a Spanish language class, where like the, the, the players are students who are learning Spanish, and they're writing in Spanish. Uh, and at first, it's just the dialogue of the characters, and then eventually, it's the narrative as well. So that that was pretty cool. That is a, a neat idea. I mean, I I imagine it could it could be used as a teaching tool in a whole lot of ways. I think it really could be. We think there's a lot of potential for Storium in education, you know, both classroom and in other contexts, like homeschooling even. So yeah, I've been trying a, a a version of Storium. I've been trying a Storium game using the. Uh, these cards called the Storymatic cards. They're oh, yeah. uh-huh. a deck of uh, of writing prompts. Yeah. that has two decks, 
one is things describe people and the other describes situations. Yep. And you, you're supposed to draw two of each card and yep. craft a story out of it. And yep. I've been using those to try to create a, uh, a storium arc with people. And it's been going interesting, but unfortunately I've kind of let it lapse. And I, it's, I found it's really hard to get back to narrating once mm. you've let it lapse for a while. Yeah, I think you're right. It is an interesting challenge because you've got to sort of remember, like you go back and review what happened in this story and so forth. The cards is an interesting idea, and we've been thinking about that too. There's, I'm familiar with those cards. I'm also familiar with there's this writer's emergency pack that John August, he's a screenwriter, he put together through Kickstarter. Um, these are all great, great uh, tools. There are. We're thinking about ways we could integrate them in a story. And there's Rory's story cubes also, which mm-hmm. yeah. I actually saw those brought up in a seminar during Gen Con Trade Day, which uh, was interesting. They were, a teacher suggested using them as ways that children could learn to tell linear stories. And it, it occurred to me that Storium uh, has some some sort of has the same sort of yeah. capability. Yeah. I should have mentioned it during the panel, come to think of it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, um, and uh, once it is public, you'll have the ability for people to create their own worlds, including optionally for, for sale. That's right. There will be, uh, we don't know if the marketplace piece, like the library piece, will be in place at the initial launch or shortly after, but the idea is, yeah, there will be the ability for you to, to create your own world or extract it from a game you've been playing, right? To, like take the cards uh-huh. and pull it out and then make that shareable. Um, and if you wanted to, you'd be able to charge for it as well. And we're, we're inspired there by the App Store model where we, we give the majority of the revenue to the person who created the world and uh, encourage them to, to share it with the community. And some people will, will share their worlds for free, just like some apps are free. So, so basically, once you have the tool set up, anybody like a professional author like Diane Duane or Howard Taylor of Schlock Mercenary, for mm-hmm. example, could could come and just fill out the background and put it up, and people could could buy it for use in their own story campaigns. That's right. Yeah, they could, and that would provide then to the community an officially sanctioned work, you know, from the creator. Are you uh, looking, have you got any sort of a recommended price range that you're suggesting? Or? We haven't gotten there yet. Our, our gut is that it's going to be app-like pricing, right? So a lot of apps are a few dollars, some are, are more, if they're, you know, if it's a, a licensed property or has a particularly uh, deep amount of content, you know, rich content. So that's our thinking, is app-like pricing, but we, we haven't really settled anything yet. Hmm. So... Uh, is there anything else that you would like to uh, bring up before we close this out? Well, it's been great here at Gen Con. I'll just say that I've run into a bunch of people who are story backers, uh, which isn't surprising. You know, this is the place where I'd expect to find a lot of them. And uh, it's been just it's really nice you know, to run into people who've been playing and who know Storium and are supportive and have kind words to say. So that's been a lot of fun. This is a really great community, and it's fun to be a part of it. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen. I really appreciate the chance to speak with you, and uh, I hope the rest of the convention goes well for you and the rest of uh, Storium's launch. Thank you, Chris, very much. Fun talking to you. Okay, I am here with self-publishing author C.S. Marks uh, at her booth in the uh, dealer's room. Uh, I've seen her here a number of times before. 
How long have you been uh, self-publishing? Uh, Elf Hunter was first published in late 2005, so it's been a while uh, since I started. I started back in the days before ebooks, before anybody really was doing anything much with self-publishing. So it's been an interesting ride. So you've been around for the entire history of uh, modern self-publishing. You started a couple years before Amazon came along and let people self-publish ebooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't remember when the Kindle first came out, but I think it might have been in 2008 or 2007, somewhere in that vicinity. And after that, once it caught on and people decided, hey, ebooks weren't so horrible and they were not, in fact, instruments of Satan, then we all... Uh, uh, j- kind of jumped on the ebook bandwagon, and it's been kind of a wild ride ever since. Uh, now, you—I uh, have seen your your van around with the big, uh, colorful Elf Hunter vinyl wrap on it. Uh, how did you get into the habit of uh, of doing that? I, you know, it just came to me one day that I had this rolling billboard in the form of my van, and I could put. Uh, a beautiful artwork all over it and my website on the back and if people were dedicated enough to go to the website they would be able to report that they had seen the Elfmobile and if they wrote me a post and said hey we saw your Elfmobile at such and such a place we would send them a free e-copy of Elf Hunters so it's a way to get books into the hands of readers who are uh, intrigued by the, the van and uh, it's been one of the best advertising tools I've ever had. I'm kind of surprised that I don't see more authors doing something like that, but then again, maybe an author in every city could do something like that, for all I know, and I'd only see the one in Indianapolis. Right. That's. I'm sure there are a few around and about. I've honestly never seen one either, and I've been to you know all Wizard World Comic Cons and, and so forth, and I expect to see a lot more, and I never seem to, so... I don't know why it hasn't caught on either. I think there is some artwork that would lend itself more to wrapping on a vehicle than some other artwork might. But uh, in general, it's it's not a it's not a cheap thing to do. You know, a, a vehicle wrap costs a thousand dollars probably by the time you get done with it. And uh, many of us don't really want to invest in that. But I can honestly say it's been a great investment for us. Um, how do you feel about the uh, way that Amazon has changed the self-publishing game over the last few years? Well, you know, that's an enormously complicated question uh, because it's changed in so many aspects of it. The one thing I would say that's positive is that it certainly makes ebooks much more accessible to people. It's, uh, it's certainly there. They try to be author-friendly, which is nice for us. Um, anyone can publish, that's the good news. Anyone can publish, that's also the bad news. Um, it's, it's turned it kind of into the Wild West a little bit, um, as opposed to the very orderly, um, juried, gatekeepered type of world that publishing used to be. And I see both good and bad in that. Of course, back in the old days, it, for somebody self-publishing, it was hard to get any exposure at all, really. Absolutely difficult, and there was a huge stigma associated with it. And the stigma is still there. It's just fading away because a lot of people are choosing to remain independent as opposed to pursuing traditional publishing contracts because it's a good deal. Being in India is is a really good uh, place to be nowadays. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to say about this uh, this publishing question and publishing world, but... 
uh, I can say I love sitting at home and having Amazon put money in my bank account every month. Um, I do have to spend some time marketing, we all do, but I can spend a lot more time writing maybe than I would have been able to spend. That's certainly a good point. Uh, what do you think of the new subscription service like Kindle Unlimited? Uh, I think it's great. Uh, we have our first novel in Unlimited. All of our other books are available in other formats, but uh, there are some promotions that Amazon has put forth that are available only to Kindle Unlimited books. We probably won't leave the novel in there indefinitely. We're in there long enough to take advantage of some of the promotions. We don't want to turn our backs on our readers who have nooks and, and, and uh, want to read through the iStore and, and whatnot. But Kindle is the 600-pound gorilla in the room, so uh, one wants to be ha- make the gorilla happy, and Kindle Unlimited is, is not a bad way to go. Again, we, we get a pretty decent amount of royalty money from that. Um, the, the actual royalty is based on pages read now instead of units sold. And for us, we write doorstopper books. That, uh, that actually works in our favor. So we're, we're not unhappy with Unlimited. Have you considered uh, trying it for short stories and other things like that? I have not. Uh, as far as putting them in Unlimited, I, I haven't because I, I, don't, I don't e-publish my short stories anyway unless they're in an anthology. And then it's usually not up to me how it's marketed. Um, I am coming out with an own, my own collection of short works probably next year. And I may or may not put them in Unlimited. But Unlimited's great for the readers, too, because they can pay one fee and download as many books in Unlimited as they like for that month. And I think anything that benefits readers benefits authors. And I'm a reader, too, so it benefits me. Uh, are there any other... Uh promotional methods that you use that you haven't seen anybody else use as often? Boy, you know, the Elfmobile is pretty unique, but I really, I'm kind of a, not the best marketer in the world. We do have one thing that's kind of cool we call Win It Wednesday. Uh, On our Facebook page, we have a, a question that we ask each week, and anybody who replies to that post can uh, win an Amazon gift card that week. So that's kind of fun. It brings people to our Facebook page, and they like the page, and they find out what we're doing. Um, The question is never related to the books specifically because we want to entertain people who haven't read them as well as people who have. But we might ask a question like, would you be a swordsman or an archer uh, if you had your pick? And and all they have to do is write swordsman. And they're automatically qualified to win uh, for that week. So that's kind of a popular thing. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for speaking with me. I uh, really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to say howdy to your readers and and listeners, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, by the way, what's the URL for your website? Uh, Just csmarks.com or elfhunter.net. You can find us on Amazon just by Google us, Elf Hunter. You'll find everything you need to know. Thank you very much. I am here with, uh, in the author's alley with uh, the people running the Rudderhaven booth. Uh, I'm talking to Doug Rudder, the author. Uh, their booth is at rudderhaven.com. That's R-U-D-D-E-R-H-A-V-E-N.com. And uh, why don't you tell me some about the uh, books you have here? 
Well, we have a variety of books. Uh, my brother and I have been uh, doing the publishing for over a decade now, and he has five uh, fantasy novels, epic fantasy. Uh, we also do uh, short stories that would be um, both science fiction and fantasy in our anthologies, the Rudder Haven Science Fiction and Fantasy Anthology. We also have um, fantasy and science fiction uh, short stories and poems in, in a variety of books. And I noticed you have a uh, non-fiction work on uh, Tolkien scholarship. Yes, uh, I, I looked at that was mine. I looked into um, some of the influences on Tolkien's writing because he's influenced so many of us as as authors. Uh, it's it's interesting to see what influenced him. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and I understand you have four of these as e-books. Yes, the two Rudderhaven science fiction and fantasy anthologies, uh, the Tales with a Twist anthology, and the uh, the Tolkien, uh, Ron Savoe, Ethan Dune, and Middle Earth uh, book. Uh, where are these available? Just Amazon or various other places? Uh, they are available on any online bookseller right now. Cool. Uh, how long have you been uh, selling them electronically? Oh, electronically, we've been doing that since 2011. Eventually, we want to have all of our titles on Kindle. Okay, cool. Ha- uh, have you uh, tried the new uh, Kindle Unlimited subscription service in any way yet? Yes, we have. We're enrolled in uh, in all of the Kindle Select services. Is that, uh, uh, what do you think of the recent change in the way that the payment terms were uh, organized? Um, I understand it, uh, where you know longer books and shorter books were all getting the same... Uh, the same revenue off of it. I can understand the idea of going to per page. It where where works are shorter, like my Tolkien book. It means that there's a little bit less revenue out of it for us. Uh, so I'll wait to see uh, after you know how we do for a while as to whether you know what my opinion is going to be overall. All right. Well, uh, any rate, uh, I will advise people to check out your work at Rudderhaven.com. Uh, And uh, thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you very much. Uh, I am uh, speaking to Hugo Negron, uh, who has a uh, book called Forging of a Night. Looks like a fantasy type thing. And uh, looks like his website is facebook.com slash forging.of.a.night. So I guess Google will find it. Uh, How long have you been in the self-publishing business? Uh, Roughly four or five years now. Uh, What I've been doing is an ongoing series I've been writing. Um, I'm up to book four coming out this October. It's an epic fantasy series, basically, called, as you say, Forging of a Night. Okay. Uh, Where is this uh, book available? Uh, You can find it online, uh, both paperback and uh, Kindle version, as well as on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, Kobo. There's quite a few fancy stores online as well that offer it. Uh, So quite a few venues if you go online to find it. Uh, Have you been uh, trying out the new Amazon uh, Kindle Unlimited checkout service? Uh, No, I have not, because I'm also on Barnes & Noble and some other venues, so I don't specifically just have... Uh, e-books available just on Amazon. So I'm in various other uh, menus as well, media that deal with electronic books. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Have you ever considered trying it out with something just for a few months? You know, I might. Uh, I mean, so far it's been kind of nice to kind of diversify and have different venues to kind of circulate the books, Foraging of the Night series. 
Uh, it kind of reminds me, just, you just don't want to really focus on one venue, uh, because I have been successful in other venues as well, so I want to make sure I can kind of keep it going in terms of different options for people to kind of buy from. And uh, has the convention been going well for you today? This yes. Time? Yes, very well. Uh, this is my third year here. Uh, again, it was kind of funny, I almost sold almost half of my stock on the very first day, which is kind of a great plus to have. Uh, meeting some great people, developing some great relationships, uh, got some fans we met from France, Colombia, uh, and some people have come back here specifically just to buy the ongoing book in the next section of my series, which is great to have that sort of following to come back to say hi to. Well, great. Uh, well, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, uh, and uh, thank you. I will... And good luck with the rest of your sales. Oh, thank you, Chris. Uh, thanks for the interest. I am here with uh, with uh, Dylan Bertolo, uh, who has some books here he's promoting. Uh, uh, how many? How long have you been coming to Gen Con? I've been coming to Gen Con for nine years, I believe, with a table in Authors Avenue. And uh, your books are published through a uh, publisher? Yes, they are. Uh, my trilogy is published through Apocalypse Inc. Productions, and then my short story anthologies are published through a bunch of different publishers. And uh, you said some of them are available in ebook form? Yes, I know for a fact that my trilogy is available in ebook form. As far as the individual anthologies, since I don't work directly with the publishers, I don't know which ones are available in ebook. Okay. But, uh, okay. And your publisher takes care of the ebook side of things for you? Oh, yes. Uh, that's the deal, and that's why they get their percentage of the cut. They handle the layout, they handle working with the publisher to get the print copies. They handle laying out the electronic version and then submitting it through Amazon or making it available as PDF or whatever. Okay. Uh, do you have a website where your books are promoted? I do. My website is dylanbertolo.com. Would you like me to spell that? <laughs> yes, please. All right. It's D-Y-L-A-N-B as in boy, I-R, T as in Thomas, O-L-O.com. All right. Well, uh, thank you for speaking to me today. Uh, have a great rest of the convention. Great. Thank you. You too. Okay. And uh, I am here at the uh, Tempest Wind uh, Flurry the Bear table. And I am speaking to Jonathan Skye, the uh, author. And uh, tell me about these uh, books. They look interesting. Yes, um, my books are an ongoing novel series. Um, it's going to be a total of 12 novels. I have five currently completed. Um, they follow the life and adventures of a bear named Flurry. Um, he's essentially a little cub, and he is very prideful and vain and gets himself in all kinds of trouble. And the first four books is the first story arc. It's kind of a coming-of-age story, and the next story arc is where he starts embracing his destiny. Okay. Are uh, any of these books uh, available electronically? Yes, they are. Um, I have all my books available on Amazon in ebook form for the Kindle. Cool. Do you have a uh, website where you promote your books? 
Uh, yes, the official website is flurrythebear.com. Okay, just no punctuation or anything, just flurrythebear.com? Correct. That's okay. Correct. Uh, how long have you been uh, publishing through Amazon? Um, I, my first book was August 2012, so good three years now. Cool. Have you, uh, have you tried the uh, Kindle Unlimited service or anything like that? Um, not, not that I know of. I don't think I have yet. Okay. Well, uh, and you're, you're uh, planning to go through 12 volumes of this? Yes. Yes, that's correct. About how often do the new ones come out? Um, it varies. Um, my goal is to be on a little more consistent schedule, so um, hopefully the, I'll have two more released this year, but my goal is to do about three a year. Excellent. Well, I uh, appreciate the chance to talk to you. Uh, enjoy the convention. All right, you too. Thank you. And uh, I am here with uh, James Erickson uh, of the... Uh, of these, uh, what was it, Chronicles? Okay. And uh, uh, tell me about your books. Um, right now I have two series in the Blood Wizard Chronicles world that I've just started. They've been released this Gen Con. Um, the first one, Stormwind, is a series of novellas. It shall be three long. The other two are completed and will be published within the next year. They follow the path of a young elf who's trying to escape his destiny. He's been running for a very long time, and he stumbles into a war-torn village where they need him to be a hero. But to be that hero, he has to confront his destiny first. The question is, will he do it and become the hero they hope he is, or will he just continue running for the rest of his life? Interesting. Uh, are these just print only, or do you have them in e-books, too? They're also available in e-book format. Okay. Uh, from just Amazon? Or? From Amazon, from Smashwords, um, from... Barnes and Noble. That's about okay. it right now. Uh, have you? Okay. Well, since they're okay, I guess you probably haven't uh, done anything with Kindle Unlimited since it requires uh, Amazon exclusivity for the first few months. Correct. Uh, all right. Uh, and this is—is is this your first time at Gen Con? This is my first time at Gen Con on this side of the booth. I've been coming to Gen Con since 2009. Oh, cool. Have uh, been having a, a good convention so far? It's been a lot of fun. Gen Con always is a lot of fun. It's just a new experience uh, sitting in the exhibit other than roaming the exhibit. Yeah. Well, I guess you don't have as much time to look around as you used to. <laughs> no, I obviously do not. Uh, but I get, I get a chance in the morning, and I like to see a lot of the new things, just like everyone else. I was really excited this year to see what uh, Catalyst had to offer for Shadowrun. And uh, see, do you have a website where you promote your books? Or? I do have a website. It's www.authorjerickson.com. All right. All right. Well, thank you uh, very much, and thanks for talking to me. I hope you enjoy the rest of the convention. Thank you. Okay, I am here with uh, Julie Scott, a.k.a. J. Wolf Scott. Uh, with uh, who has a table full of uh, interesting-looking fantasy novels. Uh, tell me about these novels. I write Epic Fantasy. It's a five-book series with a prequel that uh, takes place in the modern-day human realm and the fairy realm. 
I write the way I like to read. I'm a sucker for a sword fight and get bored very easily, so I like lots of action. Yeah, the way you like to read is really the best way to write. That's absolutely right. Uh, so are these available uh, electronically or just as print? Or? They are available in both paperback and Kindle versions on Amazon. Cool. Have you tried anything with the Kindle Unlimited program? A little bit. I, I've kind of experimented with that, but honestly, I haven't had a whole lot of time to play with it this year. So. Okay, but do you, you think you might do more with it in the future, perhaps? or Probably. As my work gets a little better known, this is my second year at Gen Con, and it's been gratifying to meet so many people from so many different places. Yeah, I'll bet. Have you... Uh, have you been following the uh, recent change in payment terms from Kindle Unlimited? No, not really. Um, again, it, and it's mostly been because I've had a job change and have been working on trying to get this latest book ready for Gen Con, so I haven't really had a lot of time to keep up with it. Have you been having uh, pretty good luck here at Gen Con? A lot of people coming by? Yes, and it's been really gratifying. I've even had some readers from last year that bought the first three books come back and buy the, the second three books. So it's been, it's been really fun to see people that I saw last year as well. And do uh, you have a website where you promote your books? I do. It's at jwolfscott.com. All right, excellent. Well, I appreciate the chance to talk to you. Uh, good luck with the rest of the convention. Thank you very much. And I'm at uh, Catherine Fitzsimmons' table uh, with, uh, and what, uh, you are the publisher? I am the publisher, the owner of Brainlag. Okay, cool. And you ha I see you have a tame author here. That's right. <laughs> and uh, so do you, you publish these in print and electronically? That's correct. Are they available? How are they available? They are available uh, on my website as well as on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, uh, various other ebook retailers. You can also order them into most uh, major bookstores. And they're available on all major ebook retailers, Kindle, Kobo, iBooks, uh, Barnes & Noble, any of your preferred e-tailers. Okay, it looks like you have some fantasy and some cyberpunk-type stuff. Or? Yeah, we have a, a, quite a range of books now. We have four different authors and six different titles. We have a cyberpunk action-adventure called Halcyon, extreme dentistry, some black comedy sci-fi horror, great for the fans of sarcasm. Our newest book is The Black Trillium, which is a post-apocalyptic martial fantasy in the vein of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. As well as we have an ongoing epic fantasy series with two installments, Ruins of Change by J.R. Dwarnik and Enduring Chaos by myself. And we have a young adult title named Aureus. Cool. Uh, how long have you been uh, publishing these? I started in 2010. And I guess you've been here at Gen Con uh, before? Uh, yes, this is my fourth year here. Okay. And do uh, find it does pretty well? Yes, Gen Con is always my best show, and it's just a blast. I love it every year. And, uh, okay, it looks like your website is at brain-lag.com. That's brain-lag, or hyphen-lag for the uh, grammatically accurate, .com. That is correct. And we do have samples of all of the books to read on the website at brain-lag.com slash samples. 
Excellent. All right. Well, uh, thank you for speaking to me today. I hope you have a great rest of the convention. Thank you. And I am at the table of uh, Lee Chiraeus with uh, a comic book called Little Guardians. Yep. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and uh, it looks like you're also you're also a uh, My Little Pony fan. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in a My Little Pony tribute band. So yeah, all our songs are about My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Shakeups in Ponyville. Yep. I may even have heard one of your songs online. I don't know. Probably. We're on YouTube and uh, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes. Yeah. Google. Yeah. It's possible. I have a bunch. I have a bunch of random play radio stations, and some of them come up with uh, video game tribute and My Little Pony tribute music. It's interesting. Oh, cool. But uh, this the uh, comic strip uh, is this uh, is this available online? Oh yeah, Little Guardians is also a webcomic, so every Monday we put up a new page of the story, and readers can follow along online if they want. Uh, when we have enough pages together, we put out a print collection, so we have books one and two out right now. Early next year, we'll have book three. Okay. Uh, do you do any, like, uh, PDF-type uh, e-book collections? Um, not at the moment. Uh, we just have, like, you can still read it digitally, but you just have to go to our website. We'll have uh-huh. PDFs available soon. That's just one of the things on our list we need to get done. You have, like, bonus content for the books? Or? Uh, yeah, the books have some sketches and, like, extra content in the back, like sometimes a, a side story that we've had a guest artist on, that kind of thing. Okay, cool. And uh, so I guess your website's littleguardians.com? It's uh, littleguardianscomic.com. Ah, okay. Well, it looks yep, interesting. We're also on Twitter, well Facebook, Tumblr. Okay, and I, I know I've seen you at Gen Con before. Uh-huh. How, how long have you been coming? Uh, this is my fourth year at Gen Con. And doing the uh, show does pretty well for y'all? Oh, yeah. Gen Con's one of our best shows. Uh, we're local, so it's a great show for us to do, and we love, we love being here. Ah, I'm local, too. Awesome. So I guess you're one of the few people here at the convention who knows about Yats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had some earlier this week. Yeah, I just wish somebody had told me about them all the years I was visiting here before I started living here. <laughs> all well, those missed opportunities for good Cajun food. Yeah, well, that's in the past. Now you can, going forward, go there all you want. Well, uh, thank you for talking with me today, Lee. Awesome, uh, yeah, I had fun. And enjoy the rest of the con. Thank you, you too. All right, I am uh, here with Lee French and uh, Bobby Chapin. Of, uh... Uh, I'm Lee French. I write uh, uh-huh. superhero and fantasy novels. My superhero novels are the Maze Bissette trilogy, which is a completed trilogy. It's about the hero-style superheroes, so conspiracy, thriller, men in black, government agents, that sort of thing, and zero spandex. Uh-huh. The main character's superpower is that his whole body turns into a t- swarm of tiny little dragons. Oh, that's an interesting. That's certainly an an interesting ability. I've it's like characters who turn into insects and so forth, but in this case, little dragons. Little dragons, yes. Um, the idea came from a mutants and masterminds game that I run on an online site. <laughs> Uh, the rest of my books are all fantasy. Uh, I write uh, the Greatest Sin series, which is an epic fantasy series about a cranky gypsy who hates people and is, of course, forced to deal with them. It currently has three books and will eventually have approximately 14. Oh, ambitious. A little. 
we're putting them out at a rate of at least one per year. The three that I have right now were put out, uh, they took about a year and a half total. Well, cool. Uh, are these available uh, electronically in any way? Yes, they're all available on Amazon as ebooks and as print books. Right. Have you tried the uh, Amazon uh, Kindle Unlimited type services? I have tried it, but I don't use it. Um, I prefer to be on more platforms than to just be limited to Kindle. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, do you have a uh, website where you promote your books? I do. It's authorleefrench.com. Okay. All right. And uh, have you been coming to Gen Con very long? This is my first time at Gen Con. I do mostly regional conventions in the Pacific Northwest where I live. Well, how do you like it so far? It's exhausting, <laughs> but it's tons of fun. It's really great to see all the cosplay and all the t-shirt parade, as I call it. A lot of people here wear t-shirts that I've never seen before. Do you think you'll be back next year? Most likely. Well, great. I, uh, well, I uh, really appreciate you uh, speaking to me today, and uh, good luck with the rest of the con. Well, thank you very much. Okay, I am here with uh, Robert Geiger, or Robert Neil Geiger, who has a book called uh, The Ebony Alliance and another one called Razorlands and Other Tales. Uh, yes, uh, The Ebony Alliance is a mystery story that uh, has magic users as the main characters, and they're attempting to track down a vampire that's been uh, murdering citizens in their city. And then the other story, uh, or collection, Razorlands and Other Tales, is a collection of three different novels that are uh, unique and standalone. You can approach any without any prior knowledge. Uh, the stories range from an assassination story, uh, an apprentice training, and uh, the creation of a magical artifact. So it's a very sword and sorcery related uh, collection. Are these available electronically or just in print right now? Uh, just in print currently, but in a couple weeks I'll have uh, just the Razorlands novella up uh, on my website, uh, robertneilgeiger.com, and uh, I'll release all the other ones uh, throughout the year. Okay. Uh, have you been coming to Gen Con very long? Uh, yes, this will be my third year. Okay. Uh, how has it, uh, how's the convention been doing for you? Great. I uh, really enjoy the convention. Uh, lots of exposure, lots of people to talk to, and uh, it's a good, good environment. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for speaking to me, and uh, I enjoy the rest of the con. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Okay. I am here with uh, Maxwell Alexander Drake, who is, uh, among other things, the lead fiction writer for EverQuest Next, and uh, he has quite a few of his books here. Uh, why don't you tell me about these? Well, um... I'm the author of the Jinn's Oblivion Saga, which is an epic fantasy saga. Uh, it's your classic good versus evil type tale, but I play with a lot of shades of gray. The theme that I play with through the book is uh, what identifies an individual as good or evil. So I try to make my good heroes have to make very hard moral decisions uh, throughout the entire piece. So it's a little bit darker than what your normal good versus evil story would be. And... Uh you also have some of your uh, other works here. Yep, I do. Uh, there's several novellas for the series. I'm in a lot of anthologies. I sell about about a half dozen short stories every year. And then I also digitally remastered uh, Snuff Quest from Larry Elmore. Ah. Yeah. So it's the first time that's ever been in print in one collection ever. 
pretty neat. Uh, are any of these works available as ebooks? Uh, pretty much all of them. Uh, from just Amazon or various other places? Yep, Amazon. Most of them are available, uh, like the Genesis series is available everywhere. It's available on iTunes, it's available on Barnes and Nobles, The Nook. Um, I don't know of very many places it isn't available. Uh, have you done anything with the new Kindle Unlimited subscription program? I have not. That would be a publisher decision. And I notice you also have a creative writing course on CD on CD for ten dollars. Yep. yep, that's just a few of my classes. I do. I'm one of the highest rated speakers at all the fan events and writers conferences around the country. I speak at about. Um, most years I speak between 25 and 50, or 20, 20 to 25 conventions a year, and I teach um, little one-hour writing courses on everything from the craft of writing to the craft of grammar um, and the industry as a whole. Okay, I know I've seen you here at Gen Con before. How long have you been coming? This is my eighth year coming to Gen Con. I, must, I guess it must be uh, doing pretty well for you. You keep coming back. It is doing really well. This is my favorite convention of all the conventions that I did. Great. Do you have a uh, Do you have a website that you'd like to promote? Yep. Uh, you can pretty much find everything about me at my. It's my name. It's www.maxwellalexanderdrake.com. All right. Well, uh, thank you for speaking to me today, Mr. Not a problem. And if you get that posted, uh, make sure you send me an email, and I'll post it up on all my social media as well. All right. To help promote it. Okay, I am here with uh, David Rodriguez, an author from uh, Third World Studios, who has a table full of books here. Uh, tell me about some of these. Well, the newest book we have is called Daughters of Arkham, which is a new YA series that is coming out in October. And it is about a uh, privileged girl from Arkham, Massachusetts, whose mother and grandmother belong to a secret society called the Daughters of Arkham, who basically run the entire city. And she is in line to run that organization and then she becomes mysteriously pregnant, which causes conflict, causes her to be ostracized, and forces her to uncover like the dark history of the whole town. Mm, interesting. And you have some other books here, too? Or? Um, I also read a, a, an all-ages series called Finding Gossamer, and uh, I also do some writing for Skylanders, uh, the video game in the comics. Okay, cool. Uh, and... Uh, your books, are they available electronically at all? They are all available. The comics are all available on Comixology and other formats, and Daughters of Arkham will be available. It's up for pre-order right now on Amazon as digital as well. Okay, cool. Are, have you done anything with the uh, new Kindle Unlimited uh, checkout uh, format? I have not, but we're looking into it. Okay, and uh, how long have you been coming to Gen Con? Um, this will be our fourth year, but I've been coming since, you know, sometime in the early 2000s. Okay. And I guess it's uh, been doing pretty well for you? Yeah, we always have a great time here. Okay. And I see that your uh, website is uh, th3rdwrld.com, so like third world, but with a number three instead of an I. Correct. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for talking to me today, and enjoy the rest of the convention. Thank you very much. Thanks for stopping by. And that's the first half of my Gen Con Authors Avenue interviews. I'll put the rest into another episode in a couple of days, starting with a talk with Hugo Award-winning author Cameron Hurley. See you then!